Howdy. This is Vosh. You may know me from the YouTube channel, Vosh, where I livestream. Most of it's garbage, but sometimes the good bits get uploaded here. This is previously live. Rarely do I dip my toes into stuff like this. Swifties, where you at? Ah, it's me, your boy, Swifty V, coming at you with a very well-informed take on something I totally know a lot about. <laughs> Just listen. So Taylor Swift's new video for her song Antihero is facing controversy over a song where she steps on a scale that reads fat. Yep, that's the controversy. That's the drama. Okay, so basically, we have to go, we have to go back to, to square one, okay? So Taylor Swift, as I understand it, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, Taylor Swift is a musician who makes a lot of songs about having been broken up with. Okay, that's what I hear. Uh, am, I, am I good so far? Yes? Okay, nice. We're, we're charting a path forward. We're, 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 we're carving through the dense jungle thicket of misinformation to get at the truth, okay? Her music sucks. Damn, we got a hater in chat. As your boy, V Swifty, you know, we're not going to tolerate that. Permanent ban, plus I'm doxing you. No, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, okay, so here's the dealio, all right? Taylor Swift put out a song and a music video. Now, Taylor Swift, like I think all women, <laughs> has had some issues with body perception and eating disorders and the like, okay? God, I can only imagine what kind of psychotic complexes and self-esteem issues one must develop being a young like superstar lady, you know, I can't even, oh my God, you know, uh, yeah. And people make fun of them for that too. Like, you know, you know, the, 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 the very true statement that a guy, if you compliment a guy in his hair, he'll remember it all day, all week, all month or whatever. Like those guys for whom a little bit of positive attention, like will stick with them for so long, they will then go on social media and make fun of women for like, feeling insecure when millions of people are commenting on their weight. I don't know, weird stuff. Just, it's weird all around, okay? It's a whole environment. I am, I am fully sympathetic to people who, uh, you know, develop weird self-perception issues off of stuff like incredible stardom and fame. But, okay, so the song, the music video, you know, it's, um, you know, you got, some, you got some bips, you've got some bops, it's great. Well, here she's wearing a shirt. Here's two of her, I guess. Uh, that's cool. That's a bunch of flowers. Hair, you know, that's a nice shirt. That's cool. See, it's like we've watched it together, except we haven't violated any uh, copyright agreements. The controversy, as laid out in this Teen Vogue article, Taylor Swift's anti-hero music video scale scene perpetuates fat phobia while attempting to depict eating disorders. I know this might seem like a bit out of the purview of this channel, but I swear to you, we're getting to sociology soon, okay? You just, just stick with me for a second, and we're gonna get there, all right? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make it there, all right? On October 21st, Taylor Swift released the first visuals from her new album, Midnights, for the song Antihero. Before watching the Antihero music video, I listened to the entire album. It sounded great, heavy topics, poetic approach. Great, great. 
That dramatic turn was the scene in which Taylor steps on a scale that measures her weight to be fat in bold capital letters before looking up to face her alter ego who shakes her head in disappointment. This alter ego, the anti-hero, is a voice in her head that antagonizes insults and plagues her with intrusive thoughts. We're dealing with some really deep, high-level imagery here. That anti-hero exists inside her head and convinces her that she is fat. And since there's no further exploration, fat in this moment is essentially equated with failure. <sighs> what Taylor fails to realize is that this same voice exists for fat people, but it's not in our heads. <laughs> what Taylor fails to realize is that fat people get called fat sometimes. What, what Taylor failed to consider before producing this music video. This voice is not just intrusive, it is pervasive. It is in every aspect of our lives. It's in every new fatphobic trend on TikTok. It's even an eight second scene from a five minute video of your favorite artists. The constant reminder that the fear of being fat is what keeps a thin person up at night. My scale isn't broken, I'm actually fat, so what now? Nice, fantastic stuff. Wait, fat people are called fat? When did this happen? I know, crazy. Uh, as someone who has never been even remotely overweight in my entire life, this comes as a shock to me. Uh, so I want to talk for a moment about fat phobia. Okay, think we can do? Can we? Can we keep it together for that? Again, I know we're all going to have to, you know, hold our horses. We're dealing with some heavy subject material. Okay. Now I want to be clear. I've talked about this before. Everything that I'm about to say right now is not only true, but a doctor would agree with me on this. All right. Being fat tends to make people unhealthy, but is not unhealthy in and of itself. I just want to, I just want to like lead that forward. Now, what do I mean by that? Right now, being fat, having more weight on you can contribute to a variety of health concerns. You know, obviously your ankles and knees have to carry more weight, your heart, you know, arteries, blah, blah, blah. But it is possible for a person to be fat, even pretty fat, and to be fine in all those respects, if they have strong legs, strong, you know, healthy vitamin, uh, you know, intake, uh, you know, their muscles and ligaments or bones are doing okay. Um, if they're fine, if they're on the ball in those respects, they can be as healthy as a skinny person, uh, you know, who, who weighs 80 pounds less. It's entirely possible. Uh, it is a fact that the, um, you know, our, 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 our medical institutions will sometimes uh, ignore this. And, you know, you can be like a fat person who's totally healthy, except for like one very specific health issue. And you can go to a doctor for that health issue. And they're like, oh, lose some weight. And you could be like, it has nothing to do with my weight. Like I'm healthy. Like my blood, you know, blood charts come back fine. It's like this one specific thing. And the doc's like, nah, nah, lose that weight. You know, wait, somebody in chat says, Vosh is straight up lying right now, by the way, agent of Soros. Hello. Since you are statistically exceedingly overweight yourself and your political opinions are shaped by a lack of self-esteem, let me relieve you of your anxieties and say that, no, seriously, everything that I'm saying is completely medically correct. You know, obviously, if you, if you want to be healthy in the long run, it's generally best to be, uh, you know, not fat because the extra weight generally doesn't help. Uh, but skinny people can be pretty darn unhealthy themselves, you know? We don't, it, it's not a direct metric. Now, why am I saying all of this? Well. There's a lot of misinformation and a lot of really weird political bias that we see when it comes to fat people. Oh, here's another big one. Here's another big one. Have you ever seen people say, like, you shouldn't glorify fat people when it's like somebody like Lizzo, like a fat lady? You know, like, we shouldn't glorify fat people by, you know, 
having her be a like a big topless celebrity or something. You've seen that, right? I've seen people say that. When, first of all, they would never say that about like a fat male entertainer because I've never seen anyone say that about Jack Black. Not once. Have you, you ever seen someone say that about Jack Black? Like, oh yeah, Jack Black's funny and all, but I don't like how like popular he is because they're just promoting, you know, I wish they hadn't had Jack Black voice Bowser in the upcoming Mario movie because I hate how they're like promoting fat people. Nobody says this. Nobody says this. If you think they say it, you're, you're deranged, you're psychotic, you're in, you're in a padded cell right now, you're, sl you're slamming your fists against the wall around you. Calm down. Uh, it, it, it's, it, there is a bias there that's uh, it's a little bit weird. Also, we don't talk about um, this when it comes to other unhealthy habits. Has anyone ever said that? About, like, we shouldn't have, like, a person who smokes in a movie? I guess there are some, like, watch groups who care about stuff like that, but if there's, like, a movie and there's, like, a cool dude who smokes, like, like John Wick or something... I, I don't see a bunch of dude bros who are obsessed with, like, gatekeeping people's health go like, oh, we shouldn't promote John Wick because he smokes. Does John Wick smoke or drink? I, 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 don't, I don't know. People get really weird about this shit. And the fact that people get weird about this shit, by the way, is, you know, sort of added uh, evidence to the pile of, you know, sort of broader societal fat phobia. It's, it's worth taking seriously. You know, we got a lot of... Uh, we got a lot of oh, Agent of Soros persons in YouTube chat again. Hold on. Who pretends smoking is healthy? I didn't say people pretend smoking is healthy. I say people don't get like weirdly morally puritanical when it comes to uh, public figures smoking. Nobody gets as much shit for smoking as Lizzo gets for being fat. That's a fact. Uh, the issue is people pretending fat is healthy. I don't think it's pretending fat is healthy. It's just saying you can be healthy. Nah, nah, nah. People, but people get weird about this, don't they? Like they do. People have a very deeply invested need to morally judge fat people. A lot of the people who feel that way are formerly fat people who feel a need to moralize their change. I was going to say their growth, but in this case, it'd be their lack of growth, I guess. They're, they're shrinking, you know, their ungrowth. Uh, but pe anyway, this moral puritanism stuff, you know, when you start moralizing a medical issue... Uh, anything having to do with, like, the state of people's bodies, you know, you get into really weird territory. You get into really weird, like, essentialist dogmatism where it stops being about the actual fat people or their health or anything and starts being about your, like, psychosis. And I see a lot of this, you know? If you're online freaking out at fat people, it says way more about you than them because we already know they're fat. We didn't know you were a schizo. It, you know, we're, we're learning new stuff, but it's not about them. That being said, let me let me tamp off this whole little tangent here by reminding you all that, you know, it's generally healthy and not be fat. So if you want to be healthy, probably a good idea to be healthy, you know, go on walks, get on a bicycle, whatever. You guys know the drill. So again, Taylor Swift, Swifty V over here, right? Let's get back to, let's get back to what matters, okay? So I think this Vogue article is really dumb. I think this is dumb, dumb article. I think it's really dumb. I think it's super dumb. Uh, the reason why I think it's dumb, frankly, I think this is an attempt at legitimizing a knee-jerk, insecure response from fat people. Uh, and that's really, really dumb. That's super dumb, okay? Body positivity is about, like, I guess, loving yourself regardless of how you look, which you should. You should always love yourself, right? Because the idea that self-hate is productive in any way is objectively, empirically, falsifiably not true. 
Uh, self-hate is never beneficial. So you should always like, you know, you should always, you should always, no matter what, you should always be like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm hip and I'm happening, you know, do a little dance. Great. That's body positivity, you know, channel that politically. That's great stuff. Fantastic. But why this, you know, you take somebody like Taylor Swift, right? Who's had, you know, insecurities. I mean, she's like a incredibly world famous star. I'm sure she's had eating disorder issues. Uh, I'm sure she gets a lot of shit anytime she's, you know, there's like a, like an ounce of fat on her arms that there wasn't last week or something, you know, she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How could she not in the position she is in? Now, gonna be frank here, to, to take what is meant to be an art piece that is supposed to like acknowledge and criticize that eating disorder, body dysmorphia feeling, to take that and treat it like it's fat phobia is really f***ed up in my opinion, right? Yeah, like anorexia tends to make people feel like they're fatter than they are. So is that, is that, is it then fat phobic to even like address that? For, for a person with anorexia to say like, hey, here's a, here's an art piece on my feelings about myself. And it's like, them looking in a mirror and the mirror of themselves is fatter than the actual them and they like look sad or something and then it's like oh that's fat phobic that's not fat phobic that's just an acknowledgement of the condition and 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 first of all in the music video it is explicitly framed as a like delusory perspective that is being informed by that alter ego right the the it's like that it's not it's it's being framed as like this is a bad self-perception like this is not a healthy you know i feel like a lot of people really don't like art critically engaging with feelings associated with self-doubt because the solution to self-doubt or self-criticism is an understanding of what you are and what you want to be and attempt to improve yourself in those lines, whether that be your body physically or like your mental health. And some people really don't like hearing that you're improving yourself, right? We all know people like that, don't we? Where you say you've lost some weight and they interpret it as an insult because they haven't. We know people like that, right? Now that is a bad attitude to have, you know? If you're fat, and you're fine how you are, that's fine. But you shouldn't take it out on other people if they don't want to be fat, if they want to lose weight, you know? The best thing you can do is have a good idea of what you want to be, and then try your best to be that thing. Other people's decisions and their attempts at improving themselves have nothing to do with that. Nothing at all to do with that. And it's very frustrating. Uh, you know, because this is, it's a kind of toxic positivity. People get very touchy on subjects like this, and it makes it more difficult to talk about all of this. And you're right, they do pretend to be too, uh, above their own insecurity. They legitimize their insecurity. They externalize insecurity and try to legitimize it by framing it through this, like, social justice framework, you know? Oh, it's not just me feeling insecure that a, a skinny person might, through anorexia, fear themselves being fat, you know, it's, it's actually, I have this highly principled disagreement with the presentation of this material. I, I don't, I don't like that at all. You know, somebody said this in chat earlier, and I think this is a really good point. The, there are people, Lizzo lost a bit of weight and there were some people who were mad at her for losing weight. 
because Lizzo to a lot of fat people is like a represent a lot of fat women especially is like a positive representation that you can be like a like a badass super superstar you know singer kind of thing. Oh Adele, that's right. That's totally right. Adele lost a ton of weight, a hundred pounds. There we go. And people got mad at her. People got people got mad. Now don't get me wrong, most people were highly supportive. But there was a, a contingent of people who hated her for this because they externalized, they projected onto her the responsibility of being a good fat media figure, you know, like 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 to rep them. And by losing weight, they were seen as a, as, a, as a, Adele was seen as a traitor, essentially, like a like a turncoat, like you were meant to represent us. And now that you've lost weight, you're just like any other skinny bitch. Obviously, this is a terrible mentality to have. Like, I hope, like, hopefully that, hopefully that goes without saying, but it, that is a very bad way of approaching stuff like this. Similar to when Billie Eilish, when she started wearing more revealing clothing after wearing baggy clothing. I think I remember that as well, though I'm not as familiar with that particular one. Oh yeah, I lost weight, so now I'm a traitor. Nobody hates women more than other women. No, 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 none of that, none of that, none of that. When people are shit-talking Lizzo, it's mostly like right-wing dude bros who are like, um, having fat women on my screen is morally wrong. That kind of hatred channels its way to, like, political discrimination. Catty women disliking other catty women is... I mean, I'm gonna be real with you guys, okay? Guys are also super catty. We just don't say catty, right? Like... We're, it's like, ah, oh, women are so catty, women are so petty, you know? I'm a guy, I've been around other guys, okay? Guys are delicate, fragile little babies, too, who will hold on to grudges for ages and act really weird and distant the moment they feel that you've, like, wounded their ego with some kind of subtle one-up that you didn't even know you were doing, okay? I don't, just, just, to be clear, listen, we're very similar, men and women. It's actually very, very, very similar. So, just pointing that out. But, I just... I really, 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 really dislike this line, this article, this argument. And what's more, it, it led to Taylor Swift removing that portion from the music video. Six seconds were removed from it to get, just get rid of the fat scale scene or whatever. So not only, you know, this, this was sort of effective, I guess, in, in getting her to remove that, which I dislike a lot. Bosh, I understand what you're saying, but isn't the lack of good fat representation like a problem? Yeah, it is. And it's reflective of a broader social bias, but that doesn't justify getting mad at people for their individual choices. This is like an individual versus systemic thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's like, okay, you know how it's, we don't have that much like open queer representation in Hollywood. Like, e like people think we do, but we really don't. Like, take a look at all these A-list actors. Like, overwhelmingly, they're straight in straight relationships, you know? And imagine there's a bisexual woman and people are like, oh, if she gets a wife, then that would be like an open lesbian couple. Like, that would be huge. But then she gets a husband and you get mad at her for it. That's really bad. You can agree that systemically it, it, it's good to have that representation, but individually, like, what are you going to do? Like, harass everyone who doesn't optimize, like, the personal representation they carry with them? You have to be careful about stuff like that. Anyhow, let's uh, close this article out. To be fair, in no way am I and other fat people dis uh, discussing this issue arguing Taylor Swift can't talk about her ED or that thin people can't talk about body image. She's done so in the past in a more thoughtful way. 
In her documentary, Miss Americana, she recounts the thoughts and conditions that triggered her eating disorder. She admits that thought. She admits that though she told people she was eating as she went through rigorous tours of promotional schedules, she wasn't. Riding the backseat of the car, she looks at the camera and says, it's better to think you look fat than to look sick, which was her way of expressing she's recovering. While she didn't go into much detail about the larger scope of societal pressure and what influences the thought patterns have, it was a start. The anti-hero bathroom scene reopens this conversation, but this time with her visuals instead of her words. I wanted to believe, uh, step on the scale, why not step on the scale and choose to have it read not enough or unworthy instead? Do you see the issue with this? Like, this is essentially saying, like, why have you not sanitized the feelings you've had about yourself so that I didn't feel insecure? You know? Having an eating disorder is not an excuse for perpetuating fat phobia. The problem is you. In the age of social media, we've come around to tossing out body dysmorphia as an excuse for fat phobia, much like how everyone's ex on TikTok has narcissistic personality disorder. The body dysmorphic disorder comes with a set of behaviors, fixations, and compulsions that are classified much differently from what would be classified as an eating disorder. It's important we realize that fat phobia is an evil we need to confront instead of flippantly diagnosing ourselves in order to escape accountability. Who wrote this? Teen Vogue. Was this written by a teenager? Who wrote? This is this is such a Tumblr callout post, like, like sort of written in the form of an article. But it worked. I mean, this was this was one of the primary media outlets that sort of led this discourse, that led to it getting removed from a music video. Fat phobia is not a mental illness; it's a system of oppression. What? Fat phobia is often the cause or the catalyst of re for restricting eating disorders, but it has a whole life outside how it can affect thin people struggling to recognize they do not need to be thinner. This person seems to be under the impression that an acknowledgement of body dysmorphia making you feel fatter than you are and feeling bad about it is the same as saying that fat phobia is a mental illness? I don't know. Sure, take as I'm sure you've seen, every fat creator and their sister has made a video addressing Taylor Swift's fat phobia in her latest music video, Antihero. A lot of that conversation has surrounded around eating disorders, body dysmorphia, and things that Taylor Swift has experienced, and the defense of her using the word fat to represent her experiences with eating disorders. As this conversation continues, I think it's important that everyone read this article that was published in the New York Times Magazine this past week. Because as fat people, we are not critiquing her experience. What we are critiquing is the ways in which restrictive eating disorders are represented to the public through mainstream media. Because in her use of the word fat, implications are made. Implications that don't just harm fat people with restrictive It's not it's not an implication. The 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 mental space that she was depicting was her thinking she's fat and feeling bad about it eating disorders they also harm thin people with them the way that taylor swift chose to represent her anorexia is fat phobic it plays into this narrative of skinny white girl looks into a mirror and sees a fat person which is that a, is that a narrative that's just a thing that can happen if you're like anorexic that, i don't i don't think that's a narrative i just think that's the that's the condition that she's describing that if uh minimizes the treatment of restrictive eating disorders oh, what? because if that's all an eating disorder is then all you have to do is convince that skinny girl that she is in fact skinny and not fat what 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 saying that an anorexic person might think themselves fatter than they actually are even if they're skinny 
is the same as saying that you can be debated out of being anorexic? I don't see how that follows. It's a it's a mental disorder. Like it, it it's it's not it's not a it's not an empirical belief that can be falsified. That's the point. It's a disorder. It's an it's an irrational which if you are a thin person with an eating disorder, you know that is not what is involved in treatment for anorexia. And if you are a thin person with an eating disorder, I am sure that you do not want your experience minimized as such. That that's just that's not what ha Taylor Swift did not say that haha just debate yourself out of anorexia. I have no idea. I don't know. But what hits differently for fat people is that when we have restrictive eating disorders like Sharon Maxwell, you can't tell us that we're not fat. No part of our treatment involves convincing ourselves that we're not fat because we are. And the world treats us differently because of that. That's true. But Taylor Swift's video wasn't about saying that if you just tell an anorexic person that they're skinny, they'll get over it. If you could just tell an anorexic person that they're skinny and they got over it, then there wouldn't be anywhere near as many anorexic people, probably. Uh, dude, it's like, I, I, I need to, like, rebrand. I need to fake my own death, come back as, like, um, Ian Vikinokonovich, and then be, like, a TikTok psychiatrist to try to undo some of the damage being done by people on that platform who talk about mental illness, because holy shit. Every time I see any TikTok video on anything involving mental illness, like it's it's not like I'm an expert on the subject, but I genuinely feel like if you got a monkey and a typewriter, you could get better takes. Meaning that there are significant reasons why a fat person with an eating disorder would not want to recover because we are treated poorly because of our size. And not only are we treated poorly because of our size, but we are prescribed restrictive eating disorders by fat phobic medical professionals who see us the way Taylor Swift sees herself in that music video. They as fat? But everyone sees you as fat if you're fat. What? See us as the number on the scale, not as entire human beings. What? I, I agree that medical fat phobia is a real thing. I just don't see how this ties into the Taylor Swift thing. In fact, it is incredibly difficult for fat people to get our eating disorder treatment covered by insurance because we do not meet the DSM criteria for anorexia if we are not underweight. Even though in the long term, restrictive eating disorders cause weight gain and fatness. At the end of the day, I know that you'll- That's true. What, what, what they're saying here is, is true. You can, you can have, you're not anorexic, you just eat too much. Whoa, hold there with the retard, uh, the retard boomerang, my friend. No, um, you, the, the fat people have the majority of EDs, uh, like bulimia, where you binge eat and then you, you purge, or like anorexia, where you eat so little that your body goes into starvation mode and retains every calorie that it can, and therefore you actually stay the same weight or even gain weight, and you, you get really unhealthy, or like limiting your eating so you're still fat, but you have like no vitamins or whatever, so your body deteriorates. Like, yeah, there are real problems there. Y'all are going to keep defending this behavior and this representation. I just ask that you think about the harms being caused in your defense of it. And consider that there may be ways for us all to move forward to address our body issues as thin and fat people alike that do not cause irreparable harm to fat people as well. Irreparable harm? What? Man, what is it with these, these goddamn TikTok? Irreparable harm? Okay, okay, all right, yeah, I... Why does it sound like a corporate training video? It just could be that person's personal style, I guess. Need to go on TikTok and fix this? Yeah, I do. Gotta go back.
look, health is really complicated. You, 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 this, this really gets messed up when you start like moralizing health stuff. This is the exact same thing that conservatives do to trans people. The responsibility of people who are in any way involved in medicine or personal health is to very simply like look at the data, process that information and do anything and everything they can to maximize the outcomes for any given person. Like so many, like we see this with, yeah, with, uh, with drug addiction, without drug, Yeah. Like people will be like, um, you know, just throw them in the slammer and once they get over their addiction, they'll be fine. You know, you, you need like a, a, a person by person, like sympathetic directed approach to helping people with their medical issues. And that does not leave any room for like weird systemic bias against fat people. That being said, this article is really dumb, you know? <sighs> very, very dumb. Oh, speaking of, last one on this point. This feels, uh, this feels so, uh, timely. Disney unveils their first plus-size heroine in emotional film about body dysmorphia. Disney have created their first plus-size protagonist for a powerful short film about body dysmorphia. In the company's 45-year history of making movies, plus-size characters have only ever featured in the roles of villains or extras. Is that true? Did I say 45? Sorry, 85. What about Maui the... F uh, Maui is not fat by any stretch. My man's just a unit, but he is not fat. Shrek? Shrek was DreamWorks. Kung Fu Panda? Kung Fu Panda was DreamWorks. The kid from Up? Oh, do we got it? Mr. Incredible? That was Pixar before acquired by Disney. Was Up before or after the Pixar acquisition? Wait, wasn't that before the Pixar acquisition? Up is Disney? Up came out 2009. When did Disney buy Pixar? 2006. We got him, lads! The hey, where's the Twitter fact check team? Hey, hey! We got it. We had a plus-sized protagonist before. We have this chunky lad. I've never actually seen up. There you go. We got it. Get in there, Twitter. Wait, this says heroin? Does it have to be? No, it says plus-size characters have only... It's plus-size heroin? No, it says plus-size characters have only ever featured in the roles of villains or extras right here. Wait, wait, wait. Is the, wait, is the kid even the protagonist? Isn't the old dude the protagonist? It's the kid, mostly? I think the old guy is the protag. The old dude is fat, too. No, no, he's not. Shut up. You guys are useless. The film, entitled Reflect, follows the story of a young plus-size ballet dancer who battles her own reflection. Oh my god, it's the f***ing Taylor Swift video. Overcoming doubt and fear by channeling her inner strength, grace, and power. Okay, I have one thing to say about this. Alright? Are you ready for it? I, I really wish... When we broaden, like, the diversity checklist, we wouldn't intro it by making the new character, like, all about their diversity thing. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if Black Panther was the first Marvel movie that had a black character in it. You know what I mean? It feels so overcompensatory in a way that draws it, like, it feels like a giant virtue signal. It's so performative. It's like, oh, you, you want to know that we're super cool? with um with uh with fat people well we're we're gonna we're gonna show you with a short film oh no not one of our main box no no oh no 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 we weren't going to have a fat protagonist for one of our main films you know the ones that we actually make money off of 
no, it's going to be in one of our short films, like the kind that plays before the main film, you know, uh, so you can see how progressive and diverse we are and how accepting we are of people of different body types. Yeah. They already did. What about turning red? I don't think that's like a fat protagonist. The volcano wanted fat characters. The volcano one was cute. Short girl from turning red. I don't. First of all, that she's not the protagonist. The protagonist is this one. And second of all, like they're kids. I don't really know if that counts as like being fat because you're like a kid, right? Like you, the panda was fat. The panda is a panda. The, the pa a pa It's a panda. It's not a fat character. It's a panda. Okay. Shut up. Jesus Christ. Technically, red pandas aren't pandas. Thank you for your input. Is everyone beyond the protag considered merely an extra? They're talking about the protag. I mean, that's what they're referring to. Listen, can we focus on the point here? The point that I'm trying to get at, that I'm struggling, that I'm desperately trying to climb towards, you know, as the winds howl around me, is that if you really, really, really cared about representation and diversity, I think you just kind of do the representation and diversity, and you don't like make it about that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like, again, I want to be clear. I don't have an issue with media that focuses on issues of race or gender or whatever, or like being fat. It's more like so much of this feels really cynical, right? Because first of all, they're like promoting it as how progressive it is. Second of all, it's a short film, which means, you know, there's nothing gained, nothing lost. And third of all, you know, man, if, if you really wanted to do something for, like, the representation of fat people, have a fat lady as a protag in a proper feature film and just let that be a thing, you know? You understand what I mean? Everyone was fat in Wally. Yes, that's true. You mean that people should write a character first and draw them fat? No, I want, how do I, okay. Have you guys ever seen the original Star Trek? The original, okay, I've talked about this before. The original Star Trek with Captain James T. Kirk, all right, had a communications officer, all right? And her name was Lieutenant Uhura. Okay. At the time that the original Star Trek series aired, there were very few roles for black people in television that were not like as the mammy archetype, you know? Like if you if you were especially a black woman who wanted to who 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 wanted to be on television, you know, mo you could be like a maid, you could be like a caretaker, you could be like a babysitter, you could be like a nanny, you know, like that those were your roles. And then Star Trek came out, and there's a black woman as a ranking officer in this like hyper futuristic starship, alongside um, alongside a uh, a Russian and even more despicably uh, a Scot. And um, the <laughs> and um, look, I guess right now, Uhura's role was considered so quintessential to. Um, to, to black representation at the time that Martin Luther King Jr. wrote her. See, Uhura was frustrated with some elements of the work that she did because obviously it's not like she didn't still face racism. She did. Um, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote to her and, and he was like, Matt, you gotta, you gotta stay there. You're like incredibly important. You, need, you, you have to stay. Oh, they met face to face? I thought they just wrote letters. I didn't realize that. 
That's crazy. That is just remarkable. I don't believe there are any photos of them together, but yeah. Michelle Nichols remembers Dr. King. She shares her fondest memories of the civil rights leader. Every day is a good day to celebrate Star Trek's Michelle Nichols, the legend who first embodied Nyota Uhura, but it feels doubly appropriate to do so now. Not only is March the Women's Month, so many colors in. Dr. Martin Luther King joined the march two days later, and after nearly two years after that, Dr. King famously convinced Nichols, who sought the greener pastures and greater challenges of Broadway, to rescind her resignation letter that she'd given to uh, Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry. So her participation in Star Trek was so critical that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. personally tried to talk her out of quitting. I mean, this is like, yeah, she's a legend. And here's the thing, okay? Her role on Star Trek was not about her being black. In fact, I think it came up basically zero times. Like, I don't even think... In Star Trek, they don't talk about race. Not human races, at least. She was just the communication officer. That was her job. Now, obviously, there was still subtext. The subtext was most notably, I guess, addressed by the sort of meta community when um, Kirk and Uhura had the very first interracial kiss on American television. You're just going to have to ignore the fact that Kirk is dressed like some kind of Caesarian um, Neanderthal here. But they had the very first interracial kiss on television. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. It's, Star Trek's a wacky show. It was very, very, very important. And who boy, did they get death threats. Oh my God. Can you imagine in the 1960s, the kinds of letters they would have got? Early 70s, I think, by this point. The kinds of letters they would have gotten. Oh my God. Just uh, Mississippi banned the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, yeah, they were like banning episodes. It was like a whole, it was a whole thing. And uh, the point that I'm trying to get at here, I guess, is that like, look, I don't have an issue with stories told by black people about black experiences or anything like that. Fat people, fat experience. I, I don't have an issue with any of that. But I feel the most enduring testaments to progressive inclusivity in media have always been the like, no, this character is a black woman. This character is a gay man. Deal with it. You know, like we're going to make this product. We're going to make this media and these characters will be here. And that is just the new normal. That is the critical point. It's the new normal. It's not some special like you know, some special story about, like, body dysmorphia and fat phobia. It's not a special story about race relations or anything. No, this is just life now. Whether you're watching fantasy, sci-fi, drama, thriller, horror, there will be black people. There will be Hispanic people. There will be gay people. There will be Asian people. There will be people of all color and creed, and that is the new normal. It's, it's not cordoned off into some special, selective, this is for minorities media, this is for everyone now, and that is what you're going to have to get used to. To me, that's always been, it's not the only way of doing it. I'm not saying that it's always bad to do it other ways. I'm not saying that, 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 that this right here will be bad. I'm not. I'm just saying that to me is like, that's what, that's what sticks it with me. That, to me, that's, what, that's, my, that's the hope. Because at the end of the day, the hope always is, right? 
that diversity stops even being referred to as such, right? Nobody ever refers to a bag of Skittles as being diverse. You just expect it to have different colors. You make note of it if there's only all of one color. Ideally, when you're watching a TV show or reading a book or watching a movie or whatever, if it's a, oh, there's a black character, oh, there's a fat character, oh, there's a lesbian couple. Yeah, well, there are people like that in reality. So, okay. A world where their absence is more noteworthy than their presence. That's the goal. All right. You get what I mean, right? I feel like Static Shock did this the best. I mean, how do I, how do I put this? I'm not... 100% committed to the perspective that I'm about to lay out. I'm not like, I'm not 100% there, but I feel like something has been a little lost in this kind of presentation because you can have like, you can have shows like Hey Arnold, I guess, which have a pretty diverse cast. And if I remember correctly, Hey Arnold had like episodes that would kind of deal with heavier subject material in a coded way. Am I remembering that correctly? I think it was the same with shows like Rocket Power. Like a lot of a lot of these like 90s 2000 shows where there's a diverse cast, like they, it wasn't like apolitical or whatever. Like they would they would talk, right? Like like a uh, 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 Static Shock. That was a big one too. The Static Shock cartoon was um was awesome. I, I loved this when I was a kid, you know? And w when I was young, sorry, I'm trying to find, like, a good, like, here, stack sh here we go. Well, there, this is the guy, you know, it's, like, it's mostly a black cast, but um, Static Shock was dope. Also, old Static Shock, when he shows back up in the later DC animated universe. Oh, my God, he's so cool. So cool. So cool. Anyway, point that I'm trying to get to is um, they they did not, like, avoid talking about politics in these shows. But I do wonder sometimes if we're a little bit too eager to do the same ourselves. <laughs> like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I like Steven Universe. I do. I, I like it. I've defended it. I think there's a lot of really good stuff here. But is Steven Universe so much more progressive than some of those older shows that it warrants the aesthetic and self-satisfied tone that it adopts? Is there, like, I'm trying to think, like, it, it see, it, I feel like in a lot of ways, stuff like this is, is a, a somewhat less effective way at promoting political progressivism. Again, I like the show, keeping that in mind. But in order for you to watch Steven Universe, you have to be, some kind of progressive, right? Like, Steven Universe will eject you quickly if you are not fully on board with, like, Tumblr aesthetic progressivism. I, it would be very difficult to, to watch Steven Universe without picking up on that. But I think anyone can watch, like, Hey Arnold. I just, I, I wonder if we're, if we're too self-satisfied. Look at how progressive we are. We can make media where like every episode of every season is fully saturated with progressive messaging. But what, what, how much more do we get from that? I don't know. I don't know. It might be an aesthetic thing. It, it, might, be, it might be an aesthetic thing, you know? I feel like many more contemporary shows like Infinity Train get it a bit better than others. I agree fully, yeah. If you haven't seen Infinity Train, by the way, who boy, 
I, I don't know how they did it, but somehow they were just like, hey, what if we like basically get prestige television quality, but we do it on like a, like a Netflix show? We just throw a Netflix show out there and like, what if we just made it really good for no reason? What if, what if for no reason we just decide to make a really good fucking show? And quite progressive too, but you know, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone, you know, I, I think it's a bit more, I guess, digestible. Does anyone see what I'm trying to get at here? I'm not trying to say like, uh, go woke, go broke or any bullshit like that. It's more like, I wish that progressive politics weren't entirely gatekept behind hyper progressive aesthetics, you know? Like, I guess I kind of like the idea of people who are very progressive making shows that are, that, that, that you, you feel like anyone could have made them, you know, like, like you, you don't look at the show and go like, ah, yes, a progressive show, you know, a show for homosexuals or whatever. Oh, maybe I'm just rambling. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It needs to be less heavy handed. Well, if the, if the central conceit of Steven Universe was to be more open and understanding of gender and sexuality, which let's be fair, that is the conceit of the show, right? Like overwhelmingly, that is the thing that Steven Universe is gunning for with every element of its presentation, you know? But were, was five seasons of that necessary for that? Like, would someone not have gotten it past the first season? Was there not a... There's a bad way of putting this and a good way of putting this, but I think my point is more, is, is agreeable. Okay, here it is. Here it is. I've got it. I've got it. If the goal of progressive media is to instill progressive virtues in its audience, not the only goal, but that has to be a goal, right? Like, I hope so, right? Like, if you're, if you're going to make a piece of media that's progressive, I would hope that you would reaffirm it in people who are watching who are progressive and try to instill those values in, um, in, in uh, people who haven't had it. So if the goal is to instill those progressive values, I feel like overcommitting either aesthetically or tonally to a given value can make it so that you're getting diminishing returns at best, and at worst, you're being counterproductive, where you're going so heavy-handed on a given point where everyone who already agrees with you is just like, okay, like they agree with you, you know, but people who might have otherwise been sort of pulled in by a lighter touch are now being rejected by what is so bold-facedly an attempt to sort of instill progressive values in them that it becomes kind of off-putting. This is exactly why we need both. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe.